Hello everybody, it's Kawa here with my second episode on Potter Size. So if you guys don't know, Potter Size is a platform where I aim to educate the general public, especially beginners who want or plan to start their exercise journey, as well as to bust certain exercise myths, go a little into depth on what you can and should expect from being active in general. And also I hope that Potter Size would help people make informed decisions and choose to do what is best for them. Now with the introduction down, as a disclaimer again with all podcasts and audio tapes, do make sure to take everything that is in this audio with a grain of salt. Most of what that will be talked about here will be from my personal experience and also from what I've read and studied. Now before we go to the main topic, if you haven't already listened to the first episode, I suggest you to go check it out. It's about getting started and it's, uh, it will really suit beginners who really need an extra push to get things off on the right foot. So with all that down, let's start with today's topic. Today's topic will be about fitness and bodybuilding. And the big question is, are they mutually inclusive? Does taking a bodybuilding approach to training results in being fit and vice versa? Are you fit because you do bodybuilding? So to start things off, I'll go over a bit of a nerdy stuff. So basically in sports visual and to those who basically work with athletes and train clients for a living, fitness can be defined into several components. There are two categories, namely health-related fitness and skill-related fitness. In this episode, however, we'll be going towards health-related. We'll be deviating towards health-related fitness as it applies better to the general public. And perhaps skill-related fitness would be touched upon in future episodes. So in health-related components, we have five components, namely cardiovascular endurance, muscular strength, muscular endurance, flexibility, and body composition. So in simple terms, cardiovascular endurance is the efficiency of your circulatory system to deliver key nutrients and oxygen in your body while performing any set exercise. And muscular strength is muscular strength. Muscular endurance is how well your muscle tolerates fatigue under load and is still able to perform the task at hand. Flexibility is how much of a range of motion that you're able to achieve throughout your movable joints and body composition is basically the ratio at which you are currently built like let's say your body fat percentage levels, your muscle mass levels and etc etc. So before we actually get down to the main topic, what is important to be aware of is that everything about fitness and a lot of the stuff that I'm talk gonna talk about here is relative so different individuals would train differently depending on their goals and needs for example let's uh, let's take me for example who for someone who would be more interested in training to improve muscular strength which is usually accompanied by increases in muscular size which is the main goal as opposed to cardiovascular training so i might favor strength training or weight training or resistance training over cardiovascular training like maybe jogging, swimming and so forth and so forth and it might be a complete opposite for another person let's say maybe maybe the person likes you know running 5k or 10k marathons maybe he likes doing laps around the swimming pool or supposed to go into the gym maybe the gym is um, just not his forte and it's fine however it is also essential to note that one component of fitness influences the other components in some way shape or form I could give another example where let's say if someone's body fat percentage is on a higher end of the spectrum, it most likely means that they'll also be heavier and chances are their cardiovascular endurance may not be the best as compared to someone who is on the leaner side. 
While it isn't wrong to focus on one aspect of fitness, say someone preferably only strength trains, or maybe someone preferably only does endurance type activities, it's better if everyone takes a balanced approach and tackle all five components of health-related fitness for, you know, optimal health. And also, I'm a firm believer that a jack-of-all-trades is better than a master of one. So when we turn to bodybuilding in general, so basically bodybuilding are efforts in training aiming to grow or sculpt muscle for aesthetic purposes. And if we go back to the health-related components of fitness, they would deviate towards the aspects of muscular strength and muscular endurance, where a byproduct of the two components would be muscular size, which is their main goal in general. Bodybuilders typically, but not exclusively, train in gyms and employ a lot of the common exercises that we see today, like the biceps curl, bench press, leg press, squats, deadlifts, pull-ups, and so on and so forth. So on today's episode, we have Ryan Ng here, who is a friend of mine and has also competed in bodybuilding competitions to share with us his experience as a bodybuilder, what people can expect if they plan to choose such a journey. And then we would ask Ryan a few questions to get the discussion going. So Ryan, take it away. Hey everyone, I'm Ryan here. I'm a physiotherapy student and also a bodybuilding slash physique athletes. So in this podcast, I would like to share a little bit on my experience and journey when I was competing and also some of my knowledge. So if you are someone new who wants to start a workout program in the gym and you have no idea what to do, you're going to ask yourself a few questions. So what are your goals for you to hit the gym? And also what do you want to achieve in a given time frame? And which type of a program or schedule would um, suits you the most and also it is the most sustainable for you and so on. So these few questions I find very crucial for anyone who wants to begin exercise regularly and also actually put it into their personal routine. So in bodybuilding, people would typically aim for like let's say for guys they would like to have v tapers wide upper body contributed by shoulders upper back and a narrow waist and also lean abs for women they will tend to achieve like an hourglass okay lean upper body and then nice big booty and also a nice separation and also good amount of muscles at the leg as well so basically in bodybuilding they will emphasize on muscle size and also muscle conditioning that will contribute to scores by the judge and also they will put their body fat below normal level in order to expose their muscle separation so that they can get uh, better scores by the judge and also winning the competition bodybuilding training typically takes more than a few months where the more time you have to prepare usually the better the outcome so routine wise bodybuilders typically train up to five days a week with one to two days off some even train up to six or even like seven days so this is entirely depend on the person so whether they can recover well or not so individual who can recover well they'll definitely train more frequent than those who don't. So as everyone can see or hear in this case, there are a few contrasts between fitness and bodybuilding. So we'll picture a Venn diagram 
and fitness is the big circle on the outside where bodybuilding is a subset of the fitness, fitness circle. So if a person were to approach exercise as a means to be fitter, an advisable and typical approach to go about would be to have a mix of both endurance and strength exercises thrown to the mix with flexibility and diet as well, which are two common components commonly neglected, but will be touched upon in future episodes. But personally, I currently weight train four times a week and jog and try to jog at least once a week. I find that to be a sweet spot for me to be being able to recover well enough so I don't feel too sore to jog or do I feel too fatigued to train in the gym. So it really depends on a lot of people where if you have different schedules, it's best to find one that really accommodates to your need. You don't need to train every day. You don't really have the need to. It's not necessary unless you're prepping for a competition. But if you're just looking to be generally fit, I think maybe three to four days of consistent exercise is good enough for the general public as well. So we'll start going along with questions right now to further conduct this episode. So Ryan, the question for today's episode, is fitness and bodybuilding mutually inclusive? Right, when we talk about bodybuilding in general, we have to look at the bigger picture, like what the person preached at the start of the episode. Generally, bodybuilders or people who attempt to train like bodybuilders employ a variety of training and diet strategies which are generally much healthier than the normal population. However, in Malaysia, I find it pretty sad is that there are still many people think that lifting weights only will get you fitter, stronger and achieve your dream body in a short period of time. Even some of the so-called coach in the gym would also teach this to their clients, which I find it pretty sad. Bodybuilding method in weights training can only get you fit to a certain extent. And it would be better if people could incorporate cardio training into their routine and also a proper diet plan instead of eating all the junk food. It doesn't mean that if you are a bodybuilder, you can only lift weights. A good example is Tristan Lee, a teenage bodybuilder who is also a footballer on the side and his physique is phenomenal. At the end of the day, it's about what people think about bodybuilding and their misconceptions, especially people in Malaysia. So my answer is yes, they are mutually inclusive but to a certain extent. So implementing cardio along with a proper diet plan are a huge contributing factor to your goals. So no matter what path you choose, whether it is fitness or bodybuilding, it is somehow better than sitting at home being a couch potato. Personally, I'm going to have to agree with you, Ryan. A lot of bodybuilders or bodybuilders wannabe tend to exclusively train with weights without consideration of their cardiovascular fitness. To me, if your heart can't pump blood well enough throughout your body, Performance is going to take a toll, recovery definitely will. As one of my favorite coaches, Greg Doucette, always say, no muscle more important than the heart. Remember guys, your heart is a muscle as well and it needs to be trained. If it doesn't get trained, usually weaken and you know, performance usually drops. 
people who want to start a bodybuilding journey or basically lift weights in general, please do not neglect your cardio. Go for a jog, a swim, or even jump rope once in a while. I promise you it'll help improve performance in the gym, improve recovery, and maybe even help deal with sleep issues if you have, because I know I do have sleep issues. And once I implemented cardio and weight training at some point in training, it definitely helped with sleep. And it could also be an extra tool to help with body composition. It might even accelerate maybe for some uh, weight loss or maybe just look leaner. And the myth where I'm like, oh man, I can't do cardio, man. Cardio eats away muscle mass, bro. It needs to die down because it doesn't. Yeah, sure it will if you do it excessively to a point where you can't recover well enough for the next session. But I don't think the general public would do such a thing. I don't trust me, it wouldn't. You're, you're not going to do too much cardio where it eats away the muscle. And even if you do, I mean, if people usually do cardio weight training, the effects are really negligible. Because most don't do it hard enough to actually have it eat away at your muscle mass. Now, since we got one question gone down, the next question would be, based on experience, Ryan, are bodybuilders these days fit or even healthier than the general public? So I think that a person's fitness shouldn't be judged by the appearance. To know about a person's fitness level, we actually need to ask the person to attend a lab session and also we can conduct some of the exercise testing for them as an outcome measure of their fitness level. If a person practice a bodybuilding training method uh, together with a proper cardio session and also a proper diet, I think they will score pretty well in their fitness test. Some on the other hand, they will only do cardio a few months before the competition. In terms of health, I would say not really because uh, almost 90% of bodybuilders which I know use performance enhancing drugs or PED in short. And they are pretty easy to get around Malaysia and they are selling like candies even in online shopping platforms. Based on my experience with PEDs, I would advise beginners to uh, avoid touching them until you really train to a point where you almost hit your genetic limit and want to progress further, which should take like 4-5 to five years. I've experienced the side effect like hair loss and body acne that I don't even want to talk about. And on top of that, you have to like spend extra money for vitamins and medication to help tone down the side effects. So there are legal PEDs that are prescribed by doctors, usually for men in their late adulthood. Now, I'm not encouraging you all to use PED even though you have reached your genetic levels. However, you can change your workout plan, your diet plan, and even your lifestyle. PEDs is not a magic potion or a magic drug that will make you grow big and you will become like Captain America in a few days. On a side note, if you don't train hard enough, you don't diet, and you don't uh, sleep early, all this, your PEDs will go into waste and your body will have no change at all. Instead, you will have problems like heart attack, okay, high blood pressure, and so on, so on. It is the best to train natural as long as you can, and unless you are going to compete at a high level, there's really no need to abuse PED and wreak havoc on your body yeah definitely i mean my experience in training is limited 
but just like most drugs, I was never really tempted to use it. Maybe, maybe sometimes, but you know, as you go along with training and you start researching stuff, you tend to come up, you tend to hear a lot of stories about drugs overuse, and yeah. So people, I hope you pick up the points stated from Ryan and don't try something you're, that you're not sure of. Just because you take PEDs, just because you take performance enhancing drugs or steroids doesn't mean you'll automatically get a nice body. You still need to train and eat well, otherwise you'll just gain weight with all the extra hormones in your body, you know? And, you know, even if you really want to start taking drugs or any performance enhancing drugs, Ask or, you know, consult a doctor or a certified medical professional before you get a prescription of such drugs instead of just buying it online from shady marketers. I think that's about it for today's episode. I want to thank Ryan for sparing time to share his views on fitness and bodybuilding in general. I hope everyone makes informed decisions. So do some research before you try anything and may you achieve any health or body goals that you've set for yourself. Until the next episode.